I V M. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to uh, episode twenty of Edges and Sledges. We're here today. Our fellow co-blogger DJ is actually in Greece, enjoying the the beach, the sun, the sand, the beer. And uh, I'm here with my brother Ashwin in New York. So good to be sitting in the same room and doing the podcast together. Today, I think the the big topic that we're going to talk about is the India England Test series, the preview of the first Test coming up, and um, and lots of kind of controversy and interesting news that's been surrounding it over the last one week. I think the biggest uh, the biggest impact for us right now is to talk about the India versus Essex game. It was the warm up game, and of course our king of warm-up games, Dinesh Karthik, was batting. Um, and for our listeners, you know, we had last spoken about, he he has this great knack of scoring big in the knockout games before the uh, ICC Champions Trophy. And so England seems to be special for him for that. But um, Ashwin, maybe just talk us through a little bit about the India-SX game. What were your views? A quick recap. Yeah, so it was a warm-up game, right? Um, it was, India scheduled it. It's, it was supposed to be a four-day match. Then because of heat and exhaustion, they made it into a three-day match. Then, you know, the, the two different kinds of warm-up games are you could have had a full, legitimate, statistically counted first-class match, or you can basically do an extended net session, which is any number of batsmen. Well, you have 11 batsmen, but it can be any of the people in the squad, and you can have 10 bowlers and any of the people in the squad. And that's what India opted for. So, when, as we go through it, you can see lots of different batsmen got a chance to bat, lots of different bowlers got a chance to bowl. So, good opportunity to test out what's going on, but... Didn't really count for much. So from a result standpoint, India batted first, made 395. Um, SX came on, chased, made 350-something. And then India were 70 for two or odd at the end of the match. So just to draw a completely irrelevant, insignificant, but a couple of highlights that I think as we look through both the batsmen and the bowlers. From a batting standpoint, concern number one, Shikhar Dhawan got a pair, which is two ducks, a duck in each innings. Did not look comfortable. Didn't stay out there long enough, honestly, to see if he was comfortable or not. And... A worrying sign for somebody who may have been out of it. Yeah, and and that's interesting. You you almost wish Shikhar Dhawan didn't play the test against Afghanistan. When he got the century. When he got yeah. the century because um, he, he's, he's that typical kind of guy who give, hits that century one every 10 games. India then thinks about how great a player he is and how quick he scores and how he's so essential for a test match to win you a game. And then the next nine uh, innings he scores, you know, zero yeah. and... So it's a bit tough. And we'll talk about him when it comes to selection. But for me, I'm very conflicted about this one because he's good in England. He's generally yeah. good in England, but hasn't been good in tests so much. So Dhawan was one concern. The second was Pujara, who made one run in the first innings, made 23-odd in the second. So stayed out there a little bit of time, spent some time at the crease. But it's had a very mixed domestic season in England, like we've talked about. The third is KL Rahul who scored a 50 in one innings and 30-odd, I believe, in the second innings. So, looked really solid out there. I didn't get a chance to actually watch the match or the highlights, so I don't know how fluid he was playing, but the run, the scoreboard speaks for itself. And then the fourth, really, Kohli came out and made a 60-something, as you'd expect. You know, Kohli's out there to prove a point. And then the fifth thing from a batting standpoint is that keeper spot, which we talked about last week on the show. We had a, You and I had a different point of view on it, actually, yeah. where uh, Karthik came out and made 82, as you mentioned, <coughs> but then Rishabh Pant came out and made 34, 35 runs off 20 balls, yeah. and he batted at number 9 or 10. So he gave a, everybody a glimpse of what we, you guys on the show actually mentioned. Yeah. He could do that Sehwag-esque batting, like just come out there, hit, rattle the bowlers a little bit, and take the game away from them. So that was quickly on the batting. Yeah. DJ, uh, Ashwin mentioned Rishabh Pant. Any thoughts there? 
Yeah, I think we spoke last week about this and uh, his 34 of 20-ish balls really kind of goes to the point that Gilchrist, Sevag, these guys were all great limited overs players and then they became game changers for their test teams. And I don't think he's going to play the first test given Karthik scored, I think, 82 and was the top scorer in the first innings. But, I mean, it's good signs. It's good signs for uh, Indian cricket and uh, who knows, we might even blood him in a surprise move uh, at some point in the series. But... It's good sign. It's showing the depth of the uh, um, the bench, and I'm looking forward to watching him play Test for India in the near future. Yeah, yeah. And so then, just to quickly wrap up the SX uh, match from a bowling standpoint for India, I'm not going into the SX yeah. players because none of them is playing for the England side. I also don't know many <laughs> to be honest. But from a bowling standpoint for India, Ishant Sharma looked solid. I think he picked up three wickets. Umesh Yadav looked solid. He picked up four. Shami was a weak link. Did yeah. not really come to the party. And interestingly, they didn't give the spinners many overs. I know yeah. it was a uh, Seamers wicket, as is what we can, to an extent, expect in the tests. But I would have thought they want to try out Ashwin Jadeja and Kohli to see who they go in the first set. It seems like Kohli and Shastri have their mind made up probably, so they were trying to figure out which quicks to go with, yeah. and I think Ishant and Umesh both came to the party. Yeah, in fact, I found that interesting as well. I, I have a feeling they know exactly who's going to play from a spin perspective. They don't want to show, um, you know, the bowling, especially when it's on TV and England players can analyze. I think they didn't want to kind of unleash that. So let's wrap up quickly the bowlers. Okay, so we'll do it in this way, right? Let's start talking about the first test in the England, the India 11, and of course then we can get into other things. So, uh, Ashwin, from a bowling perspective, who are your who are, who are the bowlers that will play? I'm still in the camp that we're going to play two spinners. So yeah. I believe they're going to go. The two lead quicks will be Umesh and Ishant. Yeah. I think Shami has been weak in general. There's been a lot of controversy surrounding him. He didn't have a great IPL. So I think Umesh and Ishant. Hardik Pandya is going to slot in for that third quick yeah. spot and they're going to give him more overs than we have in the past. He made his test debut just about a year ago, actually. Yeah. And then I think they're going to play Ashwin and Jadeja. Ashwin and I think you guys are going to say Kuldeep and a lot of the world think Kuldeep and they're probably right but my gut just says Jadeja can bowl and take wickets regardless of the pitch. You can give him the most spinning pitch and he won't do anything more. But you can give him a seeming wicket and he won't yeah. be less effective. He bowls his over in about 45 seconds. And he just puts a certain amount of pressure on the side, plus he gives you that batting option. So to me, that's going to be the final ball. Okay. DJ, the bowling for India? Yeah, I slightly disagree with Ashwin. I think we need the X factor of Kuldeep. But yes, he's had a bit of a rest. He went for a few runs at the end of the ODI series. But I think he's going to be the difference between um, the two sides. And, um, so Umesh, Ishant, yes. And uh, no Shami for me either. But Ashwin, uh, the off-spin option, as well as uh, the wrist-spin of um, Kuldeep Yadav. Interestingly, Nehra came out recently and, and said that Umesh needs to work on his line, Ishan needs to work on his length, and Shami needs to work on his fitness. And I think those three statements are something I just can't disagree with. So, I don't know what you guys thought about that, but uh, maybe maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I, I mean, I'm personally very, very concerned uh, about India's fast bowling. Because I think... Um, this has not been your fast bowling lineup for a long time. Uh, DJ, I, I, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but I, I can't remember the year, but I remember you told me once you were, went to watch at Lords or uh, or some ground where Kevin Peterson just ripped us apart for the whole day and how excruciatingly painful it was to sit and watch that. Um, I, I don't, I, I really fear that that might happen again with Umesh and Ishan. And yeah, this was 2011 where he got a double hundred and Ishan just got flicked yeah. all day through mid-wicket. 
it's just painful to watch exactly i mean for me credit where it's due to ishan he invested in a domestic season in england he's played yeah. really well there so i think that's right. but yes your lead i would have gone three full time quicks plus pandya if yeah. your other two were movie and mobra yeah i'm going with the two spin option because i just don't think yeah. shami and omesh are strong enough yeah and remember in uh, i think the south africa series i think i read a stat i can't remember the exact but i think the average partnership per wicket for south africa was one of the lowest ever and that was a lot to do with the fact that i think couple of times out of the six innings they were like 15 for 3 yeah. because of bhuvneshwar kumar so i'm i'm really really concerned about the the fast bowling because i, I don't see hardik pandya as being the the, the the third seamer to go to at least to are getting whacked so anyway bit of cause for concern now bumrah was in the nets last week we nah, seen warming up in the nets so they may be probably not the first two tests yeah. i think they said but maybe for test 3 4 and 5 yeah also let's be honest india doesn't start off great yeah. which is probably why i'm flying out for the second test instead of the first test uh, it was well well thought out but uh, <laughs> they they don't start off well but let let's see so let's go to dj then for the the batting lineup right there's a lot of things been going on i don't know if you saw ravi shastri just indicated that rahul will uh, most likely bat in the top 4 what that means is he replacing dhawan is he replacing chepu i i don't know so dj what are thoughts on the top 4 first i think dhawan hasn't had a great record in england as a test player he's got a great record as a one day player yes but not the best record as a test player so i think given his pair in the asx game i think he will probably be dropped chepu keeps his spot to start with for me um but I, maybe i just have a question for you guys do you think we're going to play five bowlers definitely so we're not even ruling out the option that it's going to be three bowlers including pandya and a and a spinner it's definitely going to be five bowlers including pandya uh, yeah, yeah for me i think that's why i think jadeja pandya are your number 7 and 8 and ashwin ashwin method 6 now so yeah. this with enough batting options i think it's going to be five it's dollars including pandya it's definitely five yeah so in that case i think rahul plays just because he's a more solid player than dhawan as well he's more dependable he's technically probably a little better yeah and in a test match you don't really need the variety of a left hander uh, like you do in a one day game in, in in some instances so um i'd say uh, rahul and Vijay to open the innings, followed by Chepu, and then of course King Kohli. Yeah, yeah. So I agree. Ashwin, anything different? No, same top five. So I think the, the only thing comes down to whether Dhawan's wife has been hanging out with Anushka enough, <laughs> and Kohli can afford to drop them uh, or drop Dhawan. But I think he will be dropped. I think uh, DJ has got the top four right for all three of us. DJ next, uh, next three. Uh, it's just going to be Ane. Uh, he's done really well at that spot. He scored 100 at Lords previously. Um, so that's that's number five. Number six, um, I think, is Pandya, followed by DK, who's. Uh, I mean, DK, I think, is a great addition to the Indian Test side. He's uh, he's a person who's solid. He's busy. He's the kind of player that would really irritate the opposition coming in at number seven. If you know what I mean. So I think DK gets the keeper spot at number seven. and and uh, he's he's in good form he's we we are all i think we all quite like him he's done well in the nahar nidha series he's got 10000 first class runs uh, he scored in the warm up match so everything indicates that he will be playing instead of pant and uh, i mean kudos to him uh, no no issues with that at all no issues with that decision if, if that comes through so i i just echo that i think rahane at 5 no question i think the batting order is going to be interesting i do agree i think karthik's going to play that sixth batsman slash keeper role and then pandya i want to 
ask your thoughts on one thing. I saw a, a fan theory on Twitter that said, hey, the one way you can play both Karthik and Pan is to make make Ashwin open. Ashwin open the batting? Ashwin in the top four somewhere. Oh. And the interesting reason for this, I think it's radical, I think it's bizarre, but the interesting reason for this is, you know, not dissimilar to what we said about Bhuvi and Bumrah, England's quick bowling lineup is phenomenal, but it's two quicks. It's Anderson and it's Brock. They have struggled with that third spot. They've tried Mark Wood, Craig Overton, uh, Chris Wokes. They've tried a lot of these guys, and uh, you know when they were playing their previous few series, they've all got hit for runs. So if you have somebody who can just show the grit to see out Anderson and Broad, and by the way, they're not used to playing in 32, 33 degrees when it's a hot English summer. So in the real heat, if you can have somebody just go up there to play out, and maybe it's Rahul, maybe it's Vijay, you've sheltered, then you allow Pujara, Kohli, and beyond to take on these these remaining balls. Yeah, so uh, I think it's interesting. I, I I don't know if Gambhir said that. I don't know what Gambhir has been. I don't know what Gambhir has been smoking for the last few days. Uh, but I, I don't I don't agree with that. I think Pujara's whole role is that. Um, I was talking to Rohan yesterday as well. Pujara is now only playing twelve tests a year at a max. That's sixty days. 60 days with Afghanistan finishing in two days, etc. Yeah. Means that this guy is working only 50 days a year. He's got a grade A contract. He's making as much money as Kohli from the BCCI. I, I, okay, I mean, this, yeah. this, it's a bit of a tangent from what you asked, but, no, but it's, it's basically he needs to do that. He needs to step up yeah. and play that role. I think he needs to see out Broad and Anderson. And the sad thing about what you said is it's not, it's not about Ashwin batting the top four. The sacrifice. Is only going to be one man if Pant and BK plays, and we all know who that. Uh, yeah. No, it's actually going to be Rahane. Rahane, right? Yeah, and, okay. and we don't want to get Rahane out again. DJ, I don't know any thoughts. No, I think I agree with that, and I Rahane has to play. I think Pant's got to wait his time. Unless there's an injury, he isn't going to make the seven. Ashwin batting in the top four is a ridiculous idea. Um, you, I mean, he's he's in the team as a bowler. He chips in with useful lower-order runs from time to time. He's not a genuine all-rounder. And, I mean, it's stupid to ask him to bat at the four. So, I don't know whether it's Gambhir or someone else who's come up with this plan. But um, batsmen have to bat to score runs and bowlers take wickets. So, um, let people do their jobs, basically. I mean, having said that, if I'm not mistaken, in South Africa, he did bat. He definitely batted ahead of Saha. Yeah. And he batted ahead of Pandya too in many instances, other than when we promoted Pandya once. Yeah. So if he's batting at six, it's not that radical. Yeah. Anyway, but it was just an interesting theory. I don't think. No, it, but, but batting at four is a different proposition. Batting at four in England. Agreed. Different proposition from batting at six in South Africa. And I mean, if you're expected to score, your number four is expected to score a hundred. One in five innings or one in six innings, right? Ashwin is not going to give you that. Fair. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I'm not on that same bit. I thought as an interesting. Yeah. No, but I, I mean, I, I want Pants to play, but I think the way Pants can play is if Pandya doesn't play. Yeah. So I think you can't have a team of Dhawan, Pant, and Pandya playing a Test match in England. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, on this, on the flip side, Vijay, Pujara, uh, Rahane are all grinders. They yeah. can all grind it out. So it's a good. It's a look. Yeah. It looks pretty balanced, right? Yeah. So. Okay, so there you have it. I think the, the I'm going to take the majority view on the team. I think um, it is going to be Rahul to play. I think it is going to be Pujara and Rahane as well in the mix. Dinesh Karthik and um, again, sorry Ashwin, but I'm going to say Kuldeep will play because it's two out of three. So, um, so there you have it. So let's talk a little bit. DJ, um, I want to just go to you about 
um, Anderson versus <coughs> Kohli. <coughs> Do you think this is going to be one of the kind of biggest showdowns or the biggest battles? Also noting that uh, when we were growing up playing cricket, cricket was a lot about individual battles. Today it's not really the case, but uh, but this seems to be an interesting one. I, I'm saying it, it takes us back to 1998, Sachin and Vaughn, right? I don't think I've been as excited about an individual battle since, since then. Uh, Kohli versus Anderson, Kohli has um, suffered at the hands of Anderson in the last tour, averaging 13 and a half. And I'm really looking forward to this. Obviously, he's he's Kohli is as well. And I mean, Anderson had his number last time round. Kohli was big enough to admit it. Anderson's come out and made some comments already in the press, trying to play some mind games with Kohli. And I mean, it's 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 going to be interesting because Kohli's just got one ball and and he's done. But Anderson can bowl ball after ball at him. So Kohli's really got to work hard to uh, to come out on top in this one. And it's going to be a fascinating battle over the summer. I think what's played into Kohli's hands is that it's a, it's a hot summer. Hopefully, the pitches aren't going to be as spicy as they were the last time around when India played here. But Anderson is a skillful bowler. And I mean, I was listening to, I think, uh, the Andy Zolson and Jared Kimber show, where they kind of went through Jimmy's and Jimmy Anderson's stats over the last few years. And in England, Jimmy is just a phenomenal bowler. Just a phenomenal bowler with a phenomenal record. And uh, it'll take all of Kohli's skill, guts, bravery, courage, stamina. I don't know what you want to call it, but it's going to be taking all of that to overcome Jimmy Anderson, who is, uh, frankly, one of the best bowlers England has ever produced, if you ask me. So, um, it's, it's going to be the battle of the summer. It's going to be the battle that we've all looked forward to since I think such a person won. So, yeah, I, I mean, I can't wait for it to start. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, we have to be honest. Jimmy did get the better of Kohli last time. So, a lot of people are saying, you know, this is Kohli's real test. I mean, I think that's kind of, I think it's hyped up and overrated. Kohli doesn't have to prove anything to anyone. But yes, I think he needs a, a good English test series under his belt. He's got it in South Africa. He's got it in Australia previously. So, this will be a big one for him personally. And uh, yeah, so I think two points I just want to make on that. One is I think the how the team bats around him is absolutely crucial, right? Uh, to support him, to give him enough opportunity to thrive. And the second is, I think, um, Jimmy Anderson is also 35 going on 36. So, I don't know how much more he has left in him. There's a lot of talk about the two England paces uh, becoming repetitive, not innovating enough and just, you know, too much dependency. So, uh, yeah, so I actually think it'll be it'll be good fun to kind of... Uh, yeah, I th that's the only thing I wanted to add. I think Anderson's sort of on the tail end of his yeah. career, if you want to call it. Kohli's at his peak. Yeah. He wasn't the last time they faced off. You know, he arguably may have been. Anyway, I think he's he's at his peak fitness. Yeah. He's in his peak form. He's just, this is this is his chance to shine. And I agree with you that if he doesn't, doesn't mean take anything really away yeah. from him, but I think this is his shot. Okay. Great. Uh, there you have it. So, let's talk about, a little bit about the England team. And I think we don't have to run through all. Uh, personally, do you guys know who's going to open? I uh, I know I know Cook will open. Do you know who's going to open with him? I think they're trying with, I mean, they've tried uh, Stoneman, they've tried Vince, they've tried a few of these different guys. I don't know what the latest thinking is, honestly. Uh, but I, I mean, I think it's going to be very interesting to me now if Dhawan and Rohit don't play, that both sides have completely different limited overs openers and test openers. Where, you know, with these guys playing Cook and whoever. Yeah. Uh, where it's Roy and Hales, yeah. uh, or Bears, or sometimes open in the in the limited over. So I think it's very and, interesting where this took. And who keeps for England in the? So, it? so it's been Bears too, but, Butler. but Butlers I think are you know not dissimilar to DK actually, right? Had a yeah. phenomenal run in limited overs, better than DK's had. But I think they're and I think in limited overs Butler is the better keeper. 
But Maestro has more experience keeping to Anderson and Bird, so I'm not sure which of them is going to keep. But I, if I mean, I would slot both of them in the side. I cannot see them playing a non-Butler eleven. Okay, DJ, anything to add on the batting? I mean, of course, Joe Root is going to be the mainstay. Cook, Moin Ali, and Moin Ali coming down the order is a bit dangerous. But anything to add on the batting? Yeah, I, I think the one we should watch out for actually is Ben Stokes, um, because I think you mentioned that they haven't got a third seamer, and uh, I'm not sure that's right because uh, they've got Stokes, right? Yeah, I mean, he's he's if he comes to the party, he lends to the England team that balance which. Uh, They've lacked in the last few few months, and they've struggled with. But um, I think hopefully we can keep him quiet. He didn't perform very well the last time we were there. He got dropped, I think, after the Lord's Test, and since then he's come on as one of the greatest uh, finds for England. But I think Stokes will be a key player, and India need to keep him quiet, and England need him to perform. So uh, that that's just my little uh, little addition to that that point. Okay, and is Stokes is England's party? Yeah, Stokes is India's fan, English Pandya. Stokes is that's the most. I think upset. Stokes might be quite upset about that. Man, I, I don't think Pandya will be upset. I think Pandya will be upset. Stokes has not done anything that I can remember in the last few months. Fair enough. So you heard it here, yeah. Stokes is India's Pandya. England, England Pandya. <laughs> but yeah, last point. I actually quite like this guy, David Malan. Okay, um, I actually think he's pretty so solid. So, but I, I also think he'll get undone by the spin. Um, because yeah. he's he bats super ugly, man. He, he's uh, and yeah, he, but, I, I don't think he's going to do well against us. Actually, so the other guy I'm hoping so. Ugly has the highest test average of all time right now after Bradman, which is Steve Smith. Yeah, he's incredibly ugly, but incredibly efficient. You know, effective. So yeah, so I mean, I, I like the guy. I think he's got the grit. I think he can bat it out, and and he showed that in the Ashes. But yeah, I think spin is going to be the issue. I was listening to a podcast actually that he was on as a guest. I think it was a BBC cricket podcast or something. And he said he was just saying honestly, in, in any other generation, I have made, I may have made the top seven comfortably. Yeah. Right. And it just so happened he was talking about limited overs at the time, but still, he said it just so happens that, like, even off the back of a good domestic season, I can't keep up with Roy yeah. Hales, Butler, Bairstow, Stokes, Root, Morgan. It's just, Morgan. He just said I'm, I'm not the top seven, but in any other generation, I may have been. So, yeah. And so I think that's why he has to create this niche for himself in Test. Mm-hmm. But coming to the main point, um, Adil Rashid, right? Adil Rashid, there was some controversy that uh, that happened a couple of days back. So Adil Rashid's background is he kind of announced a few months ago that he's done with four-ball, uh, four-day cricket, and wants to focus only on limited overs. Um, a gutsy move, I think we discussed that in one of our podcasts earlier as well. A gutsy move, but I guess. Um, uh, probably looking at his strengths, looking at the future of the game, looking at his own career and how to um, kind of make it longer. I think it, it is okay. He took that call. Suddenly, you see the England selectors have actually picked him to pl- in the test squad. And it was a bit baffling, right? And, you know, you have Michael Vaughan coming out and saying that this is, a, this is a crazy decision. He thinks it's ridiculous that somebody who said, I don't even want to spend time playing four-day cricket is now getting an England call-up. That's not the way the ECB should be looking at this. Now, Rashid in turns replies saying Michael Vaughan is stupid. Michael Vaughan goes on to, to, to say something else. I can't remember exactly what he said. But uh, the whole thing is a bit, uh, it's a bit out of whack. Uh, my personal take on this, uh, I think it's shocking that just because Adil Rashid probably got Kohli out and Kohli looked down the pit staring at him as if, how did you bowl that delivery? Um, I, I mean, I, that seems to be the only reason why they're calling him up. I think it would be a great move if Kohli did like a reverse psychology on the ECB to, to make it look like Adil Rashid <laughs> is the bowler of the century. But uh, um, 
yeah a bit strange a bit strange i didn't uh, didn't quite understand it but maybe a sign of what the pitches will be like as well and in fact stuart broad just made a comment yesterday saying even the groundsmen don't know what the pitches will will, will play like so um DJ, I don't know anything to add on the other Russian thing. You've been in London or you've been in UK closer to it. Yeah, and, and it's a very interesting decision because the England selectors have made it. The Yorkshire uh, County chairman, I think, has come out and said it's uh, it's baffling because uh, uh, Rashid doesn't play red ball cricket for them. Vaughan is obviously, as you said, come out strongly against it. And I think the same. I mean, Kohli's made Rashid look like an absolute genius. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's a brilliant move. It's just like... This guy is like, and it's the English tendency almost to overreact and reclassify Adil Rashid from being a good bowler to Shane Warne, yeah. right? And he's like, he's going to get all the wickets for us this season. He's not. He's a good bowler, but he's, I mean, he's he, he hasn't played any four-ball cricket, uh, like four-day cricket since, I don't know, last year. And he isn't doing it regularly. And as uh, the Afghanistanis, to their detriment. Uh, red ball cricket is completely different from white ball cricket, my friend. And uh, yeah, Rashid, we can just like I have a feeling like he's going to go for so many runs that Kohli is going to be looking back, going, "Yes, I'm glad I let that one go through my defences because it's won us a few Test matches." Yeah, exactly, absolutely. That was my that was my take as well. They almost made the Kohli's reaction almost made Rashid's delivery look better than the getting delivery. <laughs> But but it honestly did right like we I said this on the show last time it was a good stock like break yeah it was good line good length and in good amount of trend but it was a stock like break that he read wrong he read wrong but and, and I stock. think you you mentioned it he's just played the wrong line right yeah, Maybe he just played the wrong line just <laughs> I, mean, on, I mean honestly for me the bigger issue with this is what message are you sending these hordes of yeah. young spinners playing the English red ball game they are saying. Hey, screw the red ball game. Go yeah. do well in T20 leagues all around the world. Go do well in the, the NatWest T20 or the Vitality Blast or whatever the hell it's called. And then you'll get a, a, a test match call-up without having played domestic test. It's going to be incredibly demotivating. Yeah. It's going to cause a whole spate of other issues. And I don't think it's going to be worth it, right? Like the net positive is not going to outweigh all the negatives. So, so yeah. In, in fact, what irritated the Yorkshire chairman the most is that they had to take a leg spinner, Josh Poisden, on loan from another county to play the match against Hampshire. So he's just like, all of a sudden, Radil Rashid is playing test cricket for England, but he, we need to borrow a leg spinner from someone else. Yeah. I mean, this is a joke, right? It just undermines the whole county structure, the whole first-class structure in England, which has kind of been their bedrock for so many years. And I mean, it's it's showing the cracks in England cricket and how, how important uh, limited overs cricket has become for them in some ways. The only other thing I think it shows, I think it shows that they're scared of our top order. Yeah. Right. It shows that they're they don't have the faith in their bowlers beyond Anderson and Broad, kind of like I said. And even just the publicity of this, the PR, the Indian batsmen will be leaning back laughing, saying, "As soon as we see out, you know, eight to eight ten over spells from Anderson and Broad, yeah. we're good. We're all set because they don't have any faith in their next few bowlers." I disagree with DJ about Stokes, or I don't think yeah. he's as dangerous as uh, he's been made out to be. So I think it's weak. Yeah. So. I think with the other Russian topic, I'm just maybe guys don't be surprised if in the second or third test you see Jofra Archer being called up. Uh, what is the legal status? Hey, can he play for England? Yeah, I think he can. Oh, that'll I think so. I think so. I'm not 100% sure, but I think so. I thought he had a waiting period for two or three more years. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, but, yeah. I, I, but he's performed for the Rajasthan Royals, so he makes an automatic entry into the England. <laughs> the, the, the test squad, exactly. Absolutely. They're into the test squad. <laughs> 
So, um, all right. So that's it. Wrap up. I think the, my biggest takeaway from this is both sides' batting looks much better than their bowling. I think there's a lot of runs going to be scored in the first. Let's take the first two tests for now. We'll keep reviewing it. And uh, yeah, so I think that that uh, that wraps up our India versus England. DJ, I'll be there in ten days, so I can't wait to kind of watch it with you um, at Lords. And um, yeah, so I think the only last part of our podcast is just a quick uh, one-two minute piece. DJ, I know you're reading a book about Dada. Do you want to just talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so uh, it's uh, it's Dada's uh, well, kind of autobiography written with one of his uh, one of his co-writers. I got the book from uh, another friend, Nikhil Chari, on Friday while I was flying out to Greece. Uh, it's written uh, in very simple language. It's written in quite large font, so I finished it on the plane. It was about uh, 250 pages long, um, and it basically can be summed up in I think three words, which are "I am Dada," and um, Actually, it's summed up in six words. It, I am Dada. I hate chapel. Yeah. So it's just a great read. I mean, if for someone who grew up watching <coughs> Dada, Ganguly, Sachin, Azhar, um, it's it's a great read. It's a trip down nostalgia, like like down memory lane. It's fantastic, and I mean, I, but I love the way it's written. It's like I'm a shy boy from Bihala. I'm like really like not very proactive and I, i don't like to speak to people and all of that and then he talks about his relationship with steve war and harbhajan yuvraj and it's just it's just a great great read for someone who grew up watching the indian teams of the early 2000 and uh, like uh, late 90s and early 2000 it talks about his debut at lords and what he was thinking about and all the kind of warm up games and all of that all the people that he's brought into the team he he's not shy of taking credit for things which is i mean it's such a dada book you, i can't explain more than that i don't know what you guys think but like it's if you had to take a dada press conference after he's won a tournament and convert it into a book it would be this it's just like i am dada i've captained india and built the team and chapel came and messed that up but i came back and i was awesome and then i decided to leave the game on my own terms great book great book just amazing amazing to read great fun awesome. so definitely recommend it awesome so okay you i maybe i'll take it from you when i'm there next week maybe yeah it lasts you about an hour so yeah so maybe if you got a spare hour why don't you do it the tube ride back home or something i'll just uh, finish yeah or in the lunch break in the test match I mean. yeah absolutely <laughs> oh, that's a great idea okay <laughs> All right. Or okay. maybe when Pujara is batting. Maybe when Pujara is batting. <laughs> maybe yeah. Okay, guys. So that's all. That's all from our side uh, this week. Do check out our podcast. Like we mentioned, we're on Spotify as well. Um, and I think yeah, next week's episode will be fun. We'll uh, we'll have some insights from the first ten. Thank you. Hello, 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 everybody! It's been another great week on the IBM Podcast Network. On what the hell, Navya Jayabachan, Shweta Nanda, and Navya herself dish out stories from their childhood. They discuss tough love between parents and their kids. On Pesa Vesa, Anupam talks to Bhaman Irani, President-elect Kredai, and Chairman and MD Rustamji. They discuss the concept of buy versus rent and how to approach buying property in 2022. On Cock and Bull, Cyrus is joined by Meghnath and comedian Shahid Shafi. They discuss their opinions on the ongoing Congress presidential elections and Prashant Kishore embarking on a padyatra. On the Life Manifesto, Zarina narrates a story that advocates that stress and emotions are not to be controlled but must be beautifully managed. 
and on the Filter Coffee podcast, Karthik is joined by Yashraj Akashi, Senior Ambassador of the TEDx program and curator of TEDx Gateway. They discuss the origin story of TED and its franchise model. Guys, go to our website, ivmpodcast.com. You can check out the merch store, also links to all of our social media stuff, which is at IVM Podcast. Also, do check out our YouTube channels. We have a number of channels with many of your favorite shows available as full video podcasts. Finally, we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tails, and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thank you so much for making this possible. Do you often find yourself surrounded by conversations about Web3, blockchain, NFTs, DAOs? What are these terms and how do they affect our future on the internet? So many questions, but don't worry, we've got answers to all your questions. Hi, I'm Eklavya Bhattacharya and on our show Future Proofing, we try to decode the impact of these future technologies on various industries with experts and tech enthusiasts. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IBM Podcast app and the website or wherever you get your podcasts from. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your 5-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website or wherever you get your podcast from.